Taylor said the aide, who was later identified as political counselor David Holmes, specifically heard Trump ask Sondland about the investigations and that Sondland said after the call that Trump cared more about Biden than about U.S. policy toward Ukraine and ally battling Russian-backed insurgency. On Thursday, the Associated Press reported that a second U.S. diplomat, a Foreign Service officer based at the embassy in Kyiv, also heard Trump speaking on the call. If confirmed, the cell phone conversation could place Trump and Sondland in jeopardy. It contradicts Sondland's previous sworn testimony about his direct interactions with the president when he failed to mention the conversation and potentially puts him at risk of perjury. Sondland is scheduled to testify publicly next Wednesday. More importantly, it places the president in more directly into the alleged scheme to demand political favors from Ukraine in exchange for U.S. assistance, a narrative that largely has been outlined by the White House aides and diplomats so far. As a side issue, it raises questions about why Trump was willing to risk security by taking a cell phone call from abroad. Sondland's call normally would have been routed through a senior member of the National Security Staff or an Assistant Secretary of State who might brief the President, though, a memo or verbally to a superior and would then pass the information on to the President. Nothing is particularly orthodox in the way that Trump runs diplomacy, said Alexander Fershbauer, a former U.S. ambassador to Russia. Sondland's ability to dial up the president in a public place was particularly alarming to U.S. security experts who cited Russia's well-documented efforts to undermine the fragile democracy in Ukraine and its near-certain surveillance of American diplomats there. The fact that Sondland either didn't know or knew but took a cavalier attitude, neither answer is a really good answer said Larry Pfeiffer, a formal who ran the White House Situation Room from 2011 to 2013. Pfeiffer said calls to the president from a foreign country are supposed to be made from a secure area in an embassy to the White House switchboard or the Situation Room, and then patched through to the president. He said President Obama received some personal calls on his BlackBerry device from a very small group of friends, but they were not supposed to contain potentially sensitive information. Placing a call from a restaurant is particularly brazen. Even with the best equipment, government employees are constantly warned that your call is only as secure as the place you're sitting, Pfeiffer said. Republicans contend that Trump did nothing wrong, or at least worthy of impeachment and suggested that his aides may have been acting on their own. They also complained that few of the witnesses had direct conversations with Trump and derided their accounts as hearsay. For his part, Trump retweeted Fox Business hosts who said the hearing amounted to a policy dispute that average Americans would find not impeachable. In some ways, the cell phone conversation, as he described, would confirm available evidence about Trump's preoccupation with getting Ukraine to investigate his political opponents. On July 25th, a day before Sondland picked up his cell phone, Trump had asked Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky in a phone call for a favor immediately after Zelensky had pleaded for U.S. anti-tank weapons. 
It raises questions about why Trump was willing to risk security by taking a cell phone call from abroad. Sondland's call normally would be routed through a senior member of the national security staff. Nothing is particular orthodox in the way Trump runs diplomacy, said Alexander Ver Verschbau, a former U.S. ambassador to Russia. Sondland's ability to dial up the president in a public place was particularly alarming to U.S. security experts who cited Russia's well-documented effort to undermine the fragile democracy in Ukraine and its near-certain surveillance of American diplomats there. The fact that Sondland either didn't know or knew but took a cavalier attitude, neither answer is a really good answer, said Larry Pfeiffer, a former senior U.S. intelligence officer who ran the White House Situation Room for 2011 to 2013. Hello, welcome to another episode of No Good Deeds. I'm Elizabeth Boyle. And I'm John Stewart. Thank you, John. It's good to see you. We're in the midst, the Congress is in the midst of um, taking testimony and an impeachment inquiry. And today is the day that they are speaking with Ambassador Sondland. Have you been following the hearings at all? Uh, I have been. Not as not as much as I probably should be because I'm kind of, um, I'm just burnt out on just Trump and his cronies and just the, the racism, the misogyny, the xenophobia. It's just, it's taken a toll on me where I just, you know, it's, everybody knows that, knows what the reality is and people just turn a blind eye and don't care so mm -hmm. i mean it's the these hearings we already know <laughs> so right. it's it's you know but i i have been paying attention but not 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 as yeah. in depth as i would have last year let me right. put it to you that way well i i think we're seeing a lot of people i mean or people are stepping up uh, more than they have in the past three years um, to express concerns about the about what's going on in, in the White House. And even today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, during his testimony, was referring to President Trump thinking that uh, the Ukrainians were out to get him or something yeah. like that. I mean, so showing, you know, signs of strange signs. So people are are coming forward as I you know I guess it does make a difference. It makes a difference. Who knows where where things will end up? Well, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> if they can impeach Clinton for what they impeached him for, and then turn around and turn a blind eye to all of this, uh, that's yeah. It, it makes me it. it it, it's no wonder why people are dissatisfied with the voting and, you know, and not showing up to polls and things like that, especially when you have a whacked out electoral college that freaking gives four states more power and more mm -hmm. freaking control than all, you know, 46 other states. It's kind of ridiculous that we have swing states and, you know, it, it matters what freaking Michigan and Florida, you know, uh, it's... Oh, it's it's ridiculous, freaking. Yeah. It should it should. Well, we're not in a democracy, and that's the other thing. People don't realize that they they think that we're in a democracy, and that is not what we have in any way, shape, or form. What do you think we have? Oh, we're in a republic. <laughs> <laughs> there there is no question about that. Um, we, 
yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not a democracy. Well, one it's of the... cute to think that we are, but no. One of the Republican congressmen who was questioning or commenting today, I guess, was making an opening statement, was talking about how, well, when George Washington in 1794, when he came to an agreement with the British about something, you know, he did that on his own. I thought, well, this is not 1794. <laughs> You know, there are a lot more people on planet Earth. There are a lot more things going on than well, there were. I mean, everybody's all gung ho about, you know, we got to we got to keep our Constitution the way it was and we can't change anything in regards to the Second Amendment. It's like, well, wait a minute, folks, <laughs> we've changed the Constitution a whole bunch of times, a plethora of times. And uh you know, and I'm not and I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that we should change the Second Amendment. I'm not saying that. But to sit there and th to hear these people be like, oh, we can't change it. It's it's the founding fathers. And it's like we had slavery. Shut up about the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. Shut up. I'm done with hearing about the founding fathers. They embrace slavery. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jefferson is probably one of the smartest men to, you know, that ever was involved in the American government and wrote, you know, some beautiful amazing documents but they were from the perspective of a rich white guy from europe and he excluded women <clears throat> excluded any type of minority and excluded anybody who didn't own land so everybody's like oh the founding fathers cared about the no they didn't care about the people they cared about the rich white people that owned land <laughs> they didn't care you know and that's 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 what and it's still to this day basically you know, if you if you don't have if if you, if you're not rich and if you don't own land or something in some form of way, the criminal justice system can get you. Freaking, every yeah yeah yeah. If you're not if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> you're the meal. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's true. I mean, you have to get involved to have influence. So that that's important. But it's been a it's a long slog. Every era has its problems and no its doubt. challenges and its and its partisanship. And um, but this has been extraordinary uh, in its in its own way. It's been a unique a unique time. And you know, it's so different from when I do remember Watergate and Richard Nixon. And you know, in the case of Richard Nixon, no one ever question his intellect oh, no. or his management abilities. Well, they did complain of president. abuse of power. He went off on the wrong trail. He went off on the wrong trail, unfortunately. The thing, the thing that kills me about him is he was going to win that election no matter what. There was no right. reason Absolutely. in any way, shape, or form to do what he did. And, you know, but he's a narcissist. He right. had to win can't lose you know and, right. and people who are who have narcissistic narcissistic tendencies like him and trump and other and it's not just not just those two there's there's plenty of freaking democrats republicans all throughout the the vast majority of our politicians are narcissists right kind of have to be right exactly <laughs> to um to to have the desire to rise to the level well in our in our system the way it is now yes it's it wasn't always like that you know like you know serving the government 
was about, you know, serving the people and taking care and, you know, doing what was right for the, you know, for the people around you. And now it's turned into how much money can I make and how much can I get from this freaking corporation and how much can I get from this, you know, lobbyist and that lobbyist and, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've lost our way (laughs) in regards to that, but. I mean, I guess it could be worse, you know. I mean, I'll I'll take a republic over a freaking uh, dictatorship all day long. Right. I think I I think we have a lot of of good. I think things are working out in some places <laughs> for some people, and I think obviously have the potential for even you know greater greater things. But it's been a challenging time. Let's see what's okay. I'm going to take a little break now. Hi, we're back. This is Elizabeth Boyle. And John Stewart. I hope you're having a great day. We're having a great day in sunny Sarasota, Florida. It's the closing in on the end of November 2019. Getting to Turkey Day. Almost day. Turkey Day's Day around the corner. We got something it. going on next week. Oh yeah. Cook all every year I cook a big old turkey and all this fixings for my daughter, her mom, and then any of our friends that want to come over. And I used to, when I was in the Marine Corps and I was living out in base, I would invite all the Marines that weren't able to go home and stuff like that. We would have big old cookouts and just hang out and watch football and drink and eat all day. And oh, yeah, it's a big football day. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care about football now. You know, mm. it was just more a camaraderie thing when I was in the Marine Corps. Like, I, I haven't actually sat and watched football in probably three <laughs> years now. So. Did you see the clip from the game? What was it, the Steelers and the, oh, what was it, where the one guy pulled the other guy's helmet off? Did you see nope. that? Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. That was like last week. Garrett or something. And, oh, boy, there nope. was a big there was a big deal. People are discussing whether that constitutes an assault or whether once you're in the game, oh. uh, it, it's on. If it's on the field, it's what it is. <laughs> it's what you signed up for. So it's, it's kind of heated, heated thing. Um, no, I, I missed all that. I after after they started giving Colin Kaepernick flack for kneeling, I just stopped watching football. I'm like. I'm done with you guys, freaking. I'm surprised that hasn't worked out yet. That that um, that well. problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, the well, I mean, it's a systemic issue that we've had in this country for generations now: police brutality and violence against minorities. And it's not just. I mean, and it's definitely without a doubt happens to minorities way more than freaking to to the Caucasian populace. You know, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to Caucasians and everybody needs to stand up and fight police, police brutality, police corruption, just police abuse in every way, shape and form. Freaking it's it really it's always bothered me, like why we have police sitting and doing like 
you know, speed traps and stuff like that. And, you know, other things that, that, like, the only time an ambulance comes to you is if you call it. The only times the fire, the fire, the fire department comes to you is if you call them. Why are we having police out all over? For, we, we don't need that. We don't need to be in a police society, a police society anymore. Um, the, we have murder solve rates that are below 20% in all jurisdictions across the country. And we're worried about parking tickets and we're worried about, you know, like the police should be there for, you know, domestic abuse and other things like that and murder and yada, yada, yada. But writing tickets, busting people for marijuana, like wasting right. these millions upon millions of dollars for having all these police for no, it's, it's well, there aren't really aren't enough police, in my opinion. Uh, and then and also, that, I, I'm all into, you know, traffic control. <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, I, I don't know. I them stopping somebody for speeding. It doesn't it doesn't stop or deter them from speeding again. You know, the person is just going right. to continue to speed, you know, and. Some studies from what I've read have shown that the slower people are the ones who actually cause the issues. And uh, <laughs> that must be me. The then. people that are in the left hand <laughs> lane that are going, you know, below the speed limit and causing right. people to cut around them and stuff like right. that. That causes They're more the troublemakers. That causes more danger. You know, right. now, that being said, when you see the people that are zipping in and out and doing crazy right. stuff, that's that's right. dangerous as well. Right. There is no question. So it's, you know, both dynamics are wrong. And, right. you know, but we don't I, I personally don't think that we need a police officer sitting there to to say, you know, oh, you know, if there's an accident, fine. Have the police come out. You know, because our accident rates are not going down because the police are out there. I'm mm. telling you that right now. It's not right. stopping speeding. Right. It's not stopping this. Right. It, those police can be better placed solving murder solving real crimes, mm -hmm. you know, worrying about things that actually matter, not, you know, if freaking, if Joe Bob is doing 45 in a 30, mm -hmm. you know, all right. Now, and, and if you want to sit there and make the case, all right, during school zones, fine, have police out there, protect the children. Right. No, no doubts about that. No questions about that. Other than that though, Police should never be involved unless they're called. They should not. I swear it would be your 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 town and city would be like Mad Max. I think. I, I don't. I see. I don't. I don't think so because if you if you look through through historically, you know, people don't just m maraud each other. You know, mm -hmm. like you know, if you're going to be living in a community. Granted, now that we're in huge cities and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I guess the dynamics have changed. Mm -hmm. But even then, we're in the city of St. Petersburg, you know, where I live. Mm -hmm. When do you ever need a cop? You know, like there's there's legitimate no reason to have the cops out unless there's something that, you know, like bad domestic violence yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, exactly. the things that go on at night after but, people have too but much I'll, to I'll drink. Be sitting, I'll be sitting there and I'll, I'll, I'll watch and they'll you know, we'll have four cops sitting there doing a speed trap and it's like murder solve rate. That's all I keep thinking. Right. Murder yeah. Solve rate. I can and... see your, I can see your point on that. But, um, I, uh, speaking of law enforcement and crime and justice, um, we wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about a person's right to get a record expunged in the state of Florida. Let me, let me set it up. <laughs> let me set this up. So you're wrongfully, you're wrongfully charged with murder. And the detective 
has lied on the probable cause warrant. Uh, the the prosecutor backed up and doubled down on the lies the detective uh, created. The prosecutor learns that the detective covered up the true evidence and covered up a confession, but still they keep you dangling for three years and you're charged with murder. Finally, they realize the error of their ways in their own sweet time, and they dismiss the case. Five days before trial. (laughs) And they dismiss the case. And um, so... But you still have a record, right? Yes, okay. and here we are, a year after the it was, you know, the case was dropped, and we're still fighting to get it expunged and sealed. Right. So, explain what is the expunction expunction process in Florida? What are the steps, as you understand them? Um, from what I understand, you basically have to hire an attorney because um, you you really wouldn't be able to do this on your own. Um, you need to fill out a whole you know a bunch of paperwork, get your fingerprints taken. You need to um, pay you know fees and they pay seventy five dollars to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You get a clearance letter and yep. they make sure. But actually, you have to get the you have to sign an affidavit and state whatever you're ever been charged with. Ever, ever, ever. And then you have to get the prosecutor who was involved in your case to sign off on your application. Then you mail it in to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement with a $75 check. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. So yours was submitted in, um, uh, I, I guess, in April. And then finally at the end of October or something like that. Or something like that. You waited months for it to get, and you got a clearance letter. And then we had to file a petition with the court, the same court where your case was pending. And what's really supposed to happen is it's supposed to be an ex parte proceeding where you don't have to have a hearing. You know, if you got the letter from the FDLE, um, you file the right petition, you do serve it on the state prosecutor and on the on the arresting authority, in this case, the Manatee County Sheriff's Department and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. But it's supposed to be an ex and you file an affidavit. It's supposed to be an ex parte proceeding, which means you don't have to go to court and get a hearing. If you file these documents and the letter, the clearance letter from the FDLE, the court's supposed to sign an order. So so when's our court date? So what happened? <laughs> and in your case, what happened? What happened? Oh, they we said, filed it. Was, nope. <laughs> then I get a call from the judicial assistant to the judge who says, um, well, she told me that she they had heard from the Manatee County Sheriff's Office that we had left an, uh, one of the dates out, one of the arrest dates out and that we had to file an amended petition, including the date, which to me didn't really make any sense because we're talking about a case number, everything that happens in this case, out you go, out the door. Because they're still trying to mess with me. But it is funny that the sheriff's department did raise objection to it. And with that, not even in writing and filed into the docket, I got that just by a telephone call. It's on the phone. We'll do it on the phone. And... Um, and then after that, we did file the, immediately filed an amendment petition. And then thankfully the Manatee County Sheriff's Office did send in a 
document or mail me a document. And I sent that to you. It had some handwritten notes yep. saying, yes, it includes this other date as if, like I said, it's, it's going to close the whole case. So it doesn't matter. All the information in this case is going to be expunged. So, so yes, we're having a little trouble getting this thing. It's just uh, like them holding on to my laptop. Oh, they've never returned your stuff. property. They're just messing with They me. never they, did return your property. That's all they're I've doing. They're gotten still about that vindictive since and freaking, right. and, you know, right. still so out to get me. I don't understand and, that. So, well, yeah, we'll we'll go back to work on that kind of they kind of wore out our interest. Well, I know that the equipment is probably dead. The batteries probably died. I yeah, I mean, um, I I understand that, but still like I know, I give it me doesn't my stuff make, back. Like it's, it if, if it if it was pertinent to the investigation, like my laptop had nothing to do with anything. Right. I got it Christmas after this happened. after everything happened with Nolan and it, all that Christmas, a couple weeks before I was arrested is when I got the laptop and they're still in possession of it. But after the alleged, yeah. you know, event. The the cell phone that Danica bought me the day before I was arrested. They Right. And did you ever have a hearing? Did you ever get due process when no, they took your stuff? Not in and then any they, way, shape, then you or asked form. for it back and they never returned it. No. Without any, um, without a rational explanation. Well, that's amazing, but it is—it's uh, quite amazing how difficult it's been to to get this simple thing done. Um, another thing I've noticed about Florida law that is needs to be corrected and fixed is that people only have a right to get one false charge expunged. That's terrible. People should be able to get every false charge expunged. Okay. First Period. Of all, it's a constitutional <laughs> issue. It's a right to due process. It's a right to liberty and property. I shouldn't have to do anything, honestly. Okay. Um, if you think about it, um, they're the ones who charged me. They're the ones who arrested me. They're the ones who dropped the charges. Why do I have to go at afterwards and clean up their mess? Right. As soon right. as the charges are dropped, the state should automatically expunge automatically this this is a no-brainer and the fact that it's not like that is just proof that the state is is, is doing this for, as a money-making opportunity and to right. keep people oppressed right. that's all it is right. it's a way to keep people down and because the vast majority of people can't afford to go through this process of right. getting things expunged right. you in know? addition Even, they should give you your money back for you know ankle monitors ankle monitor. and uh, oh yeah Freaking, probation oh, costs the, or whatever yeah. how the you get on probation without free. being the, yeah. yeah all uh, every every meal that i pay Paid for in jail should be freaking reimbursed. Now to explain me. to me. Wait a minute. They had you pay for. They had you pay for meals in jail. Yeah, it's either it's it's, it's like two or three dollars a day. They charge you. How 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 what happened? Did they give you a bill when you left? Or yeah. I mean, what happened? Yeah, well, okay. So what what happens is is if you you know if you want to get snacks or say you want to have phone time, people have to put money on your books. So these slime balls in Manatee County have a system set up to where freaking they charge you A, B, C, and D. So if you if you need if you need a prescription, they're charging you for it. If you go see the doctor, or if a nurse has to come see you, they're charging you ten bucks for that. Freaking if you actually if you need an X-ray, they're charging right. you a, Whereas a couple if you hundred. You were able to go to the VA where you have it would be all free. It would be yes. free. Yep. Right. And you know, and then so every day that I got my medication, when they when they actually did prescribe me the medication, you know, as us. Mm -hmm. I got charged for for two dollars a day, I believe, or, or, or I forget what it was. It was like, but I get charged per prescription. 
every day that they gave me my prescription, I got charged for it. Mm -hmm. So you have a negative balance, you know, being in this place. They charge you for food every day. So after a week, you're down $100. And if you want to talk to your people on the outside, they got to freaking send you 200 (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that you pay off the bill. And then, you know. Right. That's, that's amazing. Do you have some records about that? Do you have oh, some yeah. records? I have, I have all, I have all the records, all the money that I've paid, all the money that they stole from me. Right. Freaking. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, over, I have a mat. It overheats. You have to let it. Uh, I have a, you know, I have a master's <laughs> degree that I haven't been able to use for the last four years now. Freaking, you know, and if you look at, you know, the average of what people make per year, like this is what they stole from me. The time that, that they took right. from my daughter. Because you now know, you like, have, you still have this charge on the book. So anybody who I'm looks it hired. up on the internet, people are not hired. I, the last, the last three jobs that I got, that I got, that I got teaching approved job for. Or anything oh yeah. Like that. No, even at the VA. I went, I got, a, I got, I got hired at the VA and then they did the background check and they said, oh, sorry, Mr. Stewart, freaking, we, we're not going to take you. Because, what were you going to do at the VA? Um, it was the, it was, I was going to be a floor cleaner. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I was going to, I was going to go work at the VA, be a floor cleaner, you know, work my way up and do whatever I need to do. I only need 16 years to retire working at the VA because I already have four years from the Marine Corps. So, right. and I was hired, did the interviews, did everything, background check, negative. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mr. Stewart. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Uh, just this year. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean... so that's a, something, one area that needs immediate reform is, and I think there's even Republican um, support for the idea that any wrongful charge on your record should be subject to being expunged. It's absolutely it arbitrary. Like, it shouldn't cost right. you anything. If if they're able to charge you with it, why can't they just drop the charges? You understand what I'm right. saying? Right. They like, have so, the power. Exactly. Of, so of why do I have? Why should I have to go out of my way after you've right. already ruined my life? You're making me redredge all this up again and go through it all again to get right. it off my and record. Of all and then things, to be denied. And yeah, and then of all things to call the judicial assistant or whatever they did, without even giving. I mean, that's. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it's all ex parte, right? Everybody, it's a f- it make, wild. It makes sense. Or, I you... thought you had to put it down in writing so it could be in public and people could see what you're doing. But I, I don't know. I guess there's a whole different world out there that I don't know about. Yeah, it makes sense when you view it through the lens of they are still out to get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I that's mean, the I only, can that's see the only why rational you, explanation I that I can come up I with. I can see why you. You think that, but to me, to me, what they're doing is laying the groundwork for enhancing the damages. You know, if they were to have to come pay to the piper, I think that would only enhance um, your right to damages. And, you know, but. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, the more that they keep depriving me of my rights and depriving me of, you know, things that I should have exponentially, the monetary, you know. Well, just for a light. Recompensation should be freaking, you know, astronomical at this point. Absolutely. You know, I mean, just, 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 just the ankle monitor, just paying for that, paying for, just paying for the stuff in jail and then paying me the salary that I would have been making, you know, I would have been able to make you know, that I lost out on and, you know, and that's, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I kind of hate to ask you about this. Um, but 
what was um just a minute maybe i'll i'll ask you about it in in a minute i'm gonna lay that that thought and that'll be a tantalizing um, <laughs> thought indeed um I just wanted to talk to you, you know, in the paper, in the, just in this la- the last few months of this year, the local paper, the Herald Tribune and the Bradenton Herald, they've been running stories on conditions at the Manatee Jail, at Port Manatee. And there have been, I think, three um, beatings or whatever, or, un- you know, things that shouldn't have been happening to people who were in custody there. Oh, that's, it happens all the time. Right. All the time. How many people, do you have any idea the percentage of how many people are in Port Manatee Jail who are there pre-trial and haven't been convicted and they're being held? The vast majority. The, the vast majority? Uh, yes. From, from, from where I was and from what I saw and the people that I interacted with, all of us were waiting for trial. There wasn't anybody there that was, you know, now there's the, the stewards, the people who, you know, who come serve your food, who clean up the, the, the areas and stuff like that. The pod stewards, they're the ones who are actually there for, for serving their sentences. And that's sort of like at some jails, that's like a trustee where they have someone who's incarcerated, who they trust enough to do work for them and manage things like And it's anybody who's, you know, who has like a minor felony, you know, like if you're in there for murder, if you're in there for rape or, you know, stuff like that, you're not going to be working anywhere. And I think the rules are that if you have to be incarcerated more than 12 months if it's 12 months in one day you have to go to prison is correct there some rule correct, like that? correct yeah so what, what what they what the judge will commonly give commonly give a defendant if they're gonna if they're not gonna get prison time is 11 29 so they do 11 months and 29 days so as soon as you hit that 12 month mark you're you're sitting in prison even if it's even if it's 12 months you're going to prison oh okay a lot of people don't know that difference and what what are the differences between being held in jail and being held in prison well i never went to prison so i really can't tell you firsthand but from the stories that i was told from the inmates that i was with that have done prison terms and who are back either you know awaiting another trial or doing you know or testifying against somebody else or whatever it was that they were doing freaking prison is actually a a whole lot better than jail oh really yeah yeah jail is jail is horrendous um, prison, you get, um, you could, you could get a cell phone. I mean, if they're illegal, you're not allowed to have them, but everybody, <laughs> everybody has them. You can get drugs. You could, you could freaking be high every day. You're, you're not finding drugs in Port Manatee. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> unless, unless one of the, unless one of the correction officers brought it into you, you're not finding drugs, you know, mm-hmm. like, or there, there was, there was two times, two times that somebody was found with drugs in Port Manatee and they were on the work crew. And they had gotten it from being out on the work crew. And right. but other than that, there's there's no drugs in there. But prison all the time. Right. All the time. But also the di- the bad side about going to prison though is usually it means you're further from your family and friends, oh, right? They're, oh, I they're, mean, they're, they they're, ship they're, people off to a whole bunch parts of, of the state. Oh yeah. No, no. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that prison is good in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying it's better than jail. That, right. that, that's all I'm saying. And it, no, it's, it's terrible in its own way, you know, cause you have to worry about gang violence. You have to, you know, worry about freaking, you know, being involved and protecting yourself a whole lot more jail. It's, you know, like people, people are generally there for minor things. Prison, 
you're generally there for major things, you know, mm-hmm. and so. It's... But would you consider the um, the conditions of incarceration at Port Manatee? Would you consider them in some ways punitive? Oh yeah, without a doubt, in every way punitive. Like they're they're punishing you before you're freaking even convicted of anything, and they they they'll sit there. You'll be like, you know, like I you know I don't belong here. I'm innocent, and the guards will tell you, shut up bond out or free you know and it's like uh how can i yeah bond, bond out? out with what yeah, you know? like I'm, I'm in jail i don't oh, have yeah. a job anymore oh you mean with because... my my mansion on oh yeah yeah, yeah. Key. oh yeah, oh, yeah. let me tap into that you know and right. then it's like you know and oh man the guards in there the vast majority of them are all scumbags they're all they're all losers freaking that had nothing good going on in life and freaking and well, they come in think... there and abuse people and just hurt them well and... are you surprised or not surprised by these stories that have come out oh, this not year surprised these three in any they, way, they said something there was a psycho sergeant and oh yeah and so forth i think that's I, what i've seen that it. i've seen yeah. that exact sergeant freaking punch somebody in the head while i was while really? i was there and yeah. that was a woman sergeant though right yeah, wasn't yeah. it yeah the, the, all all of them i've seen them all do freaking crazy things you know all the sergeants in that place and because because where i was where i was located was um segregated so it was detention pod so whenever anything bad happened they would bring the people in and you know and some of them were going crazy and you know i'm not saying that they didn't that you know that the officers didn't need to do stuff to you know contain them i'm not you know but the vast majority of the time it was above and beyond like they're just beating people because they can because they have a freaking badge and they're allowed to and they're in the position to do it and they know that nobody's going to say shit and that's the scariest part about it freaking and i saw i've seen people blood gushing down their faces freaking being dragged out i've seen people get sprayed in the face with freaking bear mace basically because they told because they told the correction officer f off mm-hmm. like really like like it's 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 ridiculous the amount of power that these people have and the abuse that they and i'm surprised more stories aren't coming out i'm not surprised that these three came out i'm surprised that more haven't come out mm-hmm. well i think it, it had to do with you know that some of the deputies are willing to blow the whistle you know i mean that's that's how things well look at how it's so interesting that's such an important self correction that is is so important in all these professions legal profession um and uh and you know in the military and in law enforcement and you know what's it's so sad about what president trump is doing right now is that he's doing the very thing when we write whistleblower protection laws. One of the most important features is that we protect the whistleblower against retaliation, which is a very natural outcome. Because most of the time, back before you have the whistleblower, yeah, that person's got their head kicked it in. Kicked in. That's it. Goodbye. Shot off. Or, you know, put some, you know, cement, <laughs> cement, cement yeah, boots. They're swimming with the fishes exactly. Now. exactly. So that's the thing. That's why... Boy, talk about turning the world upside down and, and turning up the very delicate balance, the the very delicate uh, protective mechanisms that we have in place. They're really very delicate because for the most part, who is going to come forward like this lieutenant? Is it Lieutenant Vindman? And now his family, That's these are the whistleblower. Well, they're, they're not the, the oh, I guess, the secret whistleblower. That, yeah, or who exactly. knows? But... They're coming after these people who aren't who aren't testifying in secret and they're standing up. And and these people, he needs 24 hour guards because the people who support President Trump 
are making death threats against oh, yeah. these people look, who are look testifying. At, look at all the women that freaking that, that had rape accusations against, you know, Trump before he became president. And they were all silenced because they were threatened by his freaking crazy constituents. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to say that the left doesn't have crazies. They freaking buy. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. OK, let me let me just put this out there. I am an independent. I think that both the left and the right are ridiculous. And the two party system is evil and has corrupted our country. George Washington said it best don't do a two-party system and as soon as he came out of office we went into a two-party system and we've been regretting it ever since talking about no parties is he talking about no party affiliation no no parties don't 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 divide us don't divide us and he Mm, and he was he's the only president that we have that wasn't in a party (laughs) that's interesting i I never knew that i don't know i don't remember hearing about that it's not it's it's um it's something that the two-party system likes to keep quiet yeah, that's that's really very interesting. Well, I learned the other day listening to the the radio that um, that the Atlantic magazine has been in publication since like 1857, and one of their first subscribers was Abraham Lincoln. I was really surprised that they were that old, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that they they can boast that Abraham Lincoln was one of their first subscribers. I mean, I think that's I mean, great. We actually do have some pretty outstanding journals in this country scientific wise and medical wise and you know um i mean it's it's not flawless but the system that we have in place you know of peer review is it's good it can definitely be improved but well we'll take a brief uh, commercial pause and We'll be right back. 